And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. Another Friday afternoon, and once again, it's time to welcome to the studio from Envision Financial, Luke Smith. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, thanks for popping by today. We've got an important topic to discuss once again this week. It's, can I work in retirement? And if I do... What sort of tax am I going to have to pay? Yes, sometimes we might think about the joy of getting a bit of extra work and the extra income that might provide, but forget to think about what the tax implications might be. So where do we get started on this one? Yeah, well, this one's becoming more and more prevalent as we lead into the end of the year where people have said, okay, I'm going to finish in December, but I, you know, what if I want to do something next year maybe? Or the general assumption I also find people make is, well, I won't, I won't go and work again because there'll be so much tax that, you know, it just won't be worth it. And, and all we want to touch on today is really to keep it in context and give people some tools to be able to evaluate their situation. Now, when it comes to what is the tax when I'm working post-retirement, you need to think about where your money is coming from and the tax implications of the income that you receive What I mean by that is this, if you have a million dollars in your super fund and you're over 60 and you've retired, you've met a condition of release, you've started an income stream and you find that after three or four months, you actually don't mind going and working and hanging out with your mates because for some workplaces, it it is a large portion of people's social interaction because of the amount of time that they spend with colleagues and to take yourself out of that and sort of isolate yourself socially. I find some people really struggle with it. They love the idea of I'm finished, but then they realise that the sun will come up tomorrow and you've got to fill the day and the people that you want to play with, they're actually not around to do things with. A lot like when you were sick as a kid. You know, you'd be sick and mum would let you stay home and then at three o'clock you'd go, oh, I want to go out and play now. She'd go, whoa, whoa, hang on, you're sick. Funnily enough, you went to school the next day. And I find... When people go back to work, they do that for a couple of key reasons. One, I want some additional money to be able to improve the decisions that I make in relation to my lifestyle. And when you think about what tax you're going to pay, you need to think of the source of that income. I'm earning $50,000 working part-time. I've got $50,000 of pension coming out of super. Now, over 60, we know money out of super, tax-free. So you can have $100,000 of money coming in the door, but only $50,000 of it is taxable. You're going to use $18,000 as your tax-free threshold. Then you'll pay tax on a sliding scale from 18 to 50. So the actual tax implications and, and what you may be up for in relation to a tax bill may not be what you think it is. And with that in mind, there are strategies that you can employ to get deductions to lower the tax that is paid on wages. So when we're thinking, okay, I'll go back and earn $50,000, for example, $20,000, whatever it may be, if you've got taxable rent from investment properties, then that will get added to your marginal tax rate. If you have dividends from investments in your own name, that will get added to your marginal tax rate. Now, you're going to get potentially considering investments you're going to get franking credits from Australian shares, which are tax effective. They help reduce the tax payable. Rent, slightly different animal. It's generally fully taxable in the name of 
the recipient. But if you have $50,000 of rent and you own a property jointly with your partner, remember that only 25 of that's going in your marginal tax rate. So where am I getting my other income from? Is it or is it not taxable? And then what am I going to earn? And I generally find that the benefit of generating more income, especially when you're funding lifestyle, gives people a lot of peace of mind. And we we touched on this a couple of weeks ago when we spoke about how much do I need to retire. If you can generate some more income and have better holidays and take pressure off your superannuation, I don't really care what tax you pay because it's good for your mind, it's good for your body, it's good for your social interactions. It gives you some purpose, it gets you out of bed, it keeps you married, it saves you getting killed by a spouse, (laughs) not by anyone else. Um, So you, you need to think about the general purpose of working and don't let the word tax deter you from actually getting some value out of the time and and, and interesting things that you may want to undertake. A property developer on the Gold Coast a long, long time ago once said, I don't know why people are complaining so much about tax. If you have to pay tax, it means you're making money. 100%. And and I often give people a choice when they say, oh, I've sold this building, I've got to pay some capital gains tax. And I say, all right, well, I'll buy it off you for 100 grand less than you bought it for. And they go, Oh, that's just silly. I said, well, so is complaining about <clears throat> the tax you're going to pay on an asset you've made money on. So eat the rocks and, and, and get on with it. You know, like you, you can't have – not everything's cupcakes and rainbows. So if you have a defined benefit pension, so CSS, PSS, DFRDB, MSBS, um, you need to look at the taxable portion of that pension. Don't just leap to, oh, I get a $70,000 pension, it's all taxable. A large chunk of it will not be. And if you're over 60, you also get a 10% rebate on the unfunded portion of that pension. So again, understand where your money's coming from because you don't want to assume that an income source is fully taxable when it may not be. Then also think about, well, what could I do to mitigate the potential for tax if I was to take a six-month contract instead of a three-month contract? Just because you've retired does not preclude you from making deductible super contributions. And I find a big misconception that people come in with is, I've retired now, so I can't add any more money to super. Yes, you can. The contribution rules allow you to make a deductible contribution, that is money that you have in your hot little hand that you claim a deduction for, or you salary sacrifice through new said employer, You can make that type of contribution up to 67 without having to meet a work test. You can also put money into superannuation up to 75 within legislative limits and not claim a tax deduction. So there are more assumptions that people make. Well, if I work, I've got to pay tax because I can't put more money into super. Yes, you can. You can even put money into superannuation if you increase the rent from a property and you're not gainfully employed. You can still make a deductible contribution and manage the tax on the income that you're receiving. So, again, don't let an assumption preclude you from taking a really good contracting opportunity to bolster the cash flow that you have. But you also need to start with an assessment of where is the money coming from? Is it from a tax source? If it is, how much is it? 
and then what are the implications of me working and then can I reduce the tax through other strategic considerations. Now this might surprise you but I have been trying to pay attention. So from memory if I got this right if you are retired and uh, you do a bit of part-time work or you have some other income whether it's from a rental property or whatever it might be and you want to make some contributions to your super you will need a second super fund to do that because you can't put it into the one where you're currently drawing an income from. Perfect. Okay. So Spot that's on. an important distinction for people to realise, isn't it? Yeah. And again, this is part of the broader consideration of what are the implications of me going back to work. But having said, having said that, if you do follow that arrangement, that basically means uh, you can be doing some extra work earning the income, yep. putting that income into a super fund yep. as a tax-deductible contribution, yep. and then pulling the equivalent amount of money out of your other fund uh, as income tax-free. That at, sounds like black magic, Luke. Well, look, look at you <laughs> listening all these years. Oh, my God. Hey, I'll retire soon. You can have my job. Um, but you're spot on. And this is where going back to work doesn't just have to be about cash flow. It could be a strategic consideration to maximise deductions, bolster superannuation, or I'd like to go back two days a week, not four days a week. And then you can, as you've just said, you could have a pension coming out, you could have contributions going into another account, and you could have wages that ensure you receive a similar amount of income over that journey. The other thing you can do if you, you know, you're adamant that you don't want to pay any tax, and people come in all the time, oh, I've paid enough tax, I'm not paying anymore, just earn $18,000. If you want to work up to $18,000 in a contract, that's the tax-free threshold, you're not going to pay any more. So you can go and work over the course of a year up until the point where you reach $18,000, and it might be a little bit more because you want to engage with your accountant and say, well, senior Australian tax offset and this and this, and you might be able to eke that up to twenty-two, twenty-three thousand with some other rebates depending on your situation. But again, get some advice, understand your options, because there's nothing more frustrating than somebody assuming they can't do something. And a lot of the time now, I, I, I say in an, in, in an appointment, I'm here just to avoid you saying the words, I wish. I wish I'd known. I wish someone had told me. I wish I'd done that. If I can avoid you applying one of those three I wishes, then we know you're making informed decisions and you've got control over the cash flow that you want to live on. But more importantly, you can stay engaged in the workplace and have some, some purpose and some value and some, some social gain from doing something. And it might not be what you did. You know, as we said in a show a couple of weeks ago, I'd love to go and mow some grass when I retire. I really enjoy sitting on a zero-turn mower. So if somebody wanted two days a week go mow some grass, cool, great, put some headphones on, and away you go. So... Doing something and, and earning some money, it's great, but don't let the word tax deter you from something that's of interest to you or a new career change. Um, just understand, where's it come from? Is it taxable? Do I have access to the capital? And are there strategies like deductible contributions that I can use to lower the total amount of tax that I pay? Because nobody's ever upset about having better cash flow in retirement if it's to do nothing else than have better holidays and the peace of mind of knowing that you've taken the capital pressure away from your investment property, your super fund, your personal assets, 
assets in a family trust, wherever you hold your wealth to generate income to retire, if you can take the pressure off those assets by earning a few dollars working, I find the, the, the collective improvement in your well-being well worth paying a little bit of tax. Let's not pay too much tax, but a little bit of tax, okay. No problems. We've got to keep the grass green at Parliament House. Any other strategies to uh, effectively manage that tax tax liability, things like a family trust, for example? Yeah, exactly. So, again, thinking in advance or, or, or considering what you may do in the future, if you use a vehicle like a family trust, you have the discretion to choose where the income is distributed. So, take our example. I've got a million dollars in super, I've got $500,000 in a family trust and I go, decide to go back to work. The income from the family trust may be distributed to my spouse so it doesn't affect my marginal tax rate. So again, thinking about the vehicles that you're going to use to hold your assets can have huge benefits long term and maximise the value of going back to work in this scenario because I earn $50,000 in wages, I have no other taxable income and that's going to significantly reduce the total tax that I pay. If I compared that to I had the same portfolio of assets owned jointly, I know I have to declare 50% of the earnings or 25000 out of fifty grand in my personal tax return and then my $50,000 of wages. So understanding your structures, very important. Maximising superannuation prior to going back to the workforce, great because we know that money out of super is generally tax-free over 60. And then thinking about, do I carry debt on investment properties? So if you've got debt on investment property and you don't need the income from it, if your interest is equal to your rent, you're not adding to your taxable position, but you can benefit from an uplift in the capital value of the property. So it's always about thinking, why have I got the particular asset and what is it doing for me? Um, and the, the family trust scenario there that you've raised, great way to control the disbursement of income in retirement should one person decide to, to, to just make a decision that they hadn't thought about five years prior. So if you've got an investment property, you might invest a bit of money in maintenance to uh, reduce the income from that property. Yeah, or, or rather than leap out and say, well, I'm going to reduce the debt when I retire using super, you might leave the debt on the property so that you don't increase the amount of taxable income that you get if there's an inkling that you don't want to play mahjong five days a week with your wife and you wouldn't mind going back to work and hanging out with a few lads, great, leave the debt there because we're always doing it for the right reasons. Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio today. We're talking about can I work in retirement and if I do, what sort of tax will I have to pay? Back with more in just a moment. Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio, as is the case each and every Friday afternoon. Today, we're asking the question, can I work after I've retired? And if I do, what sort of tax do I have to pay? Well, Luke, we've covered a lot of territory so far, mm. but what are the key things that people need to consider? Yeah, I, I guess I'd start with don't consider not working just because someone that you know said, oh, you'll pay heaps of tax. You know, again, if we can try and demystify some assumptions, understand where your money comes from and the tax status that it has. And we touched before the ad break. If it's coming out of super over 60, it's generally tax-free. If you've got a defined benefit pension, then a portion of that income may be taxable, but you may also, depending on age, be eligible for a rebate, which reduces the tax impact. If you're holding shares in your own name, consider thinking ahead and using something like a family trust because it would give you the discretion 
to pass income to different beneficiaries, which may inadvertently reduce your total taxable position. Or if you're really, really adamant that you don't want to give the people on the hill any more money than you need to, just work up to that tax-free threshold of $18,000. But I also say to people regularly, get some tax advice because there are a number of strategies that you can consider, like making a deductible contribution that allows you to reduce your overall tax position and therefore limit the amount of income tax that you pay on returning to the workforce. But also having a good relationship with your accountant and considering the options prior to going to work, he may be able or she may may be able to say, have this, do this, study this, pay for this, claim this, so that you can get a better understanding of what your time is worth. But don't not work just because someone said you'll pay heaps of tax. The other thing is, if you earn heaps of money, you're going to pay a bit of tax. All right, no one likes doing it, but it's not the end of the world. We all do our little bit, pay a little bit, don't voluntarily pay more than you need to, um, and that's why there are numerous strategies that you can consider, which we've, we've touched on today. But I think the important thing about going back to work is the peace of mind of regular cash flow, the social engagement, um, the purpose, and also to explore other industries. I've got a number of clients that may have been in a certain occupation for 35 years, gone and done some study, and then gone out and, and done some work experience at 62 in a completely different field because it was of interest and it was a, a real highlight for them to be able to try and apply what they've learnt, earn a few dollars, make some new friends, and just chase a dream, as, as, as silly as that sounds. Um, you, you get one go at having a crack in retirement and how you spend your time is really important. So make informed decisions so that you can make the most of the time that you have. It's interesting too because uh, there's quite a few different industries that have been uh, shouting quite loudly in recent months that they need more workers, they need mm. more people and uh, they're they're opening up job opportunities uh, at a rapid rate. So you can look around and see all sorts of different opportunities, things that you might not have considered before and, uh, and give it some thought. So Luke, uh, we're just about at the end of the show today. Where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so the office number 62604749. We've got envisionfinancial.com.au on the internet. We've got the Strategy Stacker. Luke talks money on iTunes and Spotify. People can subscribe to the YouTube channel Envision Financial Canberra where we've got the shows every week and the key takeouts of the episode. We've also got articles on YouTube Shorts. We've got the Strategy Stacker handle on the Tiki Talker. And these types of considerations are all in Smart Money Strategy, your ultimate guide to financial planning out in all good bookstores, Amazon and Booktopia. And tis the season to be jolly, so consider it as an ideal Christmas gift. Um, like you're thinking. <laughs> I concur. Good on you. Thanks very much. <laughs> See you next week. Luke Smith from Envision Financial back with us again at the same time next week on 2 C.